thank you for this morning already your ministering and moving upon our hearts god and your holy spirit is here god we sense your presence in a strong way and right now god that's what we need we need more of you lord we need your help we need your strength god we can be so weak lord i am so weak lord and but i need your strength but i know god that through your word lord that you can feed us that you can equip us that you can change us and lord that we can find strength help comfort freedom healing lord all through your word and i pray that you do that for us today anoint this time with your spirit god we are seeking to hear from you in jesus name amen hey the mother of four young boys was having a hard time curbing their energy especially as they were happy to be in this church service when the minister preached on loving your enemies, turning the other cheek, the boys all quieted down. They started really tuning in and listening intently. The preacher said, we should never, never try to get even. We should never retaliate. We shouldn't come back. Well, that afternoon, as the boys were playing, uh, the youngest one came into the house crying. Between the sobs, he told the mother that he had kicked one of his brothers, who then kicked him back in return. I'm sorry you're hurt, his mother said, but you just can't go around kicking people. Still choking back the tears, the boy replied, but the preacher said, he said, he isn't supposed to kick back. You get it? Yeah. He said, no, you're not supposed to retaliate, so it makes it good for him, right? Well, even when they're bad, you got to love those little children. you got to love the little logic they have, but you got to love them, even though maybe they're not right there. Well, as we return to our study here in the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul focused the Corinthian believers as actually their spiritual father, and that as their spiritual father, he loves them, he cares for them. And so he's speaking to them so that they may hear him as beloved children. And that's the title of our message this morning. As beloved children. As beloved children. We're going to be studying 1 Corinthians chapter 4 from verse 14 to 21. And as you know, we go through verse by verse here. And uh, we left off in verse 13, so we're picking up verse 14. Going to finish the chapter this morning, 1 Corinthians 4. 14 through 21. Now, this is our outline. They should be mindful of, number one, the Father's love. Number two, the Father's example. And number three, the Father's offspring. The Father's offspring. Well, I'll give those out, these outline headings to you as we go along. But let's begin here with number one, the Father's love. As beloved children, they should be mindful of, number one, the Father's love. Take a look with me here now. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14. Paul writes here, I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. We begin here with Paul saying that he does not write these things. Now, what are these things? What's that? Well, we can go back to what we learned last week, which was the issue with pride. And that was the title of our message, if you remember last week. If you missed it, you can grab the CD. Paul was confronting the believers, remember, with the root issue of the division, the contentions that were going on, and what was 
death. That was the sin of pride. That's what was going on in this church. There's all kinds of commotion going on. Paul exposed the wrong thinking that they were, the the people and some of these Greek leaders were like, hey, we're we're evaluators, you know. We're, we're, We're the judges. We make the choices of who's a good speaker and who's a good teacher and and we're going to follow. And they were like the evaluators, the judges, and they were better than other people. They were the high makamaka guys, right? So we learned all of that. The issue was with pride, the sin of pride. And so Paul, remember, he came back with some framework. He came back with some some little bit sarcasm, trying to open their blind eyes because they were blinded with pride. So Paul goes on here now in verse 14. He says, Look, you know, I didn't strongly say these things, what he just said, to shame you. Now, the idea here is Paul saying, look, I, I didn't say all these things just so you would feel horrible and really small and I would feel good. I'm not on some power trip. I'm not retaliating against you because I'm hurt because you did something. That's not what Paul is saying. He's saying, no, I, I'm not saying these things to to bring you down like that, to shame you in that way. He says, no, but as my beloved children. That's how he's speaking them, speaking to them. That's how he's speaking to them. The word beloved here is agapetos, which is taken from agape, right? So Paul is saying, hey, you're my dearly agape children. I, I'm like a parent who unconditionally loves you as my children. And so Paul says, look, as my children, I lovingly, and he says, warn you. I warn you in that sense. As as my own kids, he's saying. Literally, the word warn is put in mind. The idea is to give correction to result in a change. That's really the idea. And as parents, we know that's what we want to do. That's what we try and do. We correct, not just to correct, but to bring about a change. So Paul is like, hey, don't misunderstand me here. I'm being serious. You know why? Because I love you. You know why? Because I, I, I care for you as my own children who need to change. John MacArthur wrote, its intention is to correct. That's what Paul is saying. To make right. Its purpose is to bring about a change in belief, attitude, habit, lifestyle, or in whatever way Then Paul goes on in verse 15. He says, For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers, for in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Now, Paul's kind of expanding his thoughts here. Like, you're like my children, my beloved. I'm loving you like my my agape children here. So he says, Though you might have 10,000 instructors, in other words, you may have countless tutors, Teachers, and even the idea of like nannies. Many of the households, the Roman household had nannies. They would hire their washing teacher kids and take care of them. Though you may have 10,000 of these tutors or nannies, you know what? He's saying, you only have one father. And that's me. That's me, Paul. He's saying, you do not have many fathers. I'm, I'm the only one. For in Christ Jesus, I begotten you. I'm the one who shared the gospel to you. I'm the one who introduced the Lord to you, taught you, and I'm the one who brought you to Jesus to be saved. 
So the Corinthian believers called Tony, look, we have a special relationship here, Paul's saying, because I was the one who followed you into the gospel. I'm your spiritual father. You are my spiritual children. I was thinking about that. Remember that um, surprise in the movie of Star Wars? Do you remember uh, that, that one scene when Darth Vader turned to Luke and he said, I am your father. Remember that? Remember that? It was such a surprise to Luke Skywalker. He's like, no! Like everything and fell away, right? And it's a surprise. What? What? Darth Vader's your father? What? Here Paul's saying, look, this is no surprise to you. It is. This is no surprise. You know, you're not like, what? You're not like, no. Remember this. You guys know, the Corinthian believers know Paul led them to salvation. He is their spiritual father. It's no surprise. And he's reminding them of his past, their relationship that they have. So, Paul wants them to know this. He corrects them as their spiritual father, which means no one else could correct him. That's really what he's putting forth here. He's, he's saying, I correct you. He corrects them as their spiritual father, which means no one else could correct like he does. No one else could like he does. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11, he says, As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you, as a father does his own children, that you would walk worthy of God, who called you into his own kingdom and glory. Paul wrote that to, to the Thessalonians. Well, that's his same heart to the Corinthians. Behind his fatherly words of correction, behind all that warning that he's giving, you know, it's a father's love. It's a father's concern for their walk, that they would walk worthy of the Lord. Is that the kind of heart that This is what Paul's saying. Look, I'm confronting you, but I want you to know I'm balancing this out. Why is it there? And I was a little sarcastic here, and you saw that last week. But you know, I want you to know I really love you. We have a special relationship. I'm concerned for your walk in the Lord, not about me shaming you, putting you down, and I feel better about myself because I got you. It's not about that. He's saying, but I love you. You're my beloved children. Is that the kind of heart we have? Or is it more of shaming that person, I'm going to continue in that, and they'll be judged? Is that what that is? Sometimes even in our care and concern, we can go too far, right? When our um, oldest son, uh, Justin, was uh, a baby, our firstborn, I remember in parenting, you know, when your babies are small, and when your babies are small, you, you, you get a baby monitor, right? And you go to the store, you get a baby monitor. And the other day, I was looking, you know, while I was driving, and I thought, like, wow, the baby monitors have screens now, you know, and a little camera. Back, back then, it was just, just the sound, right? And so I remember we got a baby monitor, and I was always, like, you know, watching Justin and looking, he's, he's asleep, and, you know, you get a baby monitor so you can see and hear him. But also, right, you know, back then, when you have that fear of still seven infant uh, death syndrome, this kid was still breathing. So, and then we got this baby monitor, and I was so concerned 
turn over there. I, I would turn her up all the way. Then when I went to bed, I put her underneath my pillow and my head on top. So when I laid my head down, I could still hear the difference. Breathing. Yeah. So just in case if he stopped breathing, I could run into his room and be sure, you know, he's okay and wake him up. And, you know, it's just my concern. I want to doubly make sure, you know, he was okay. And I know that's a little over here. But sometimes we do the same thing with our love and concern. We go overboard. We go too far. And what I mean is we go too far into the physical. We go too far with our emotions. We go too far with, with, with our, maybe our anger. We go too far. I mean, you know, like kids, it's so hard. Hey, you're not supposed to discipline them when they're angry. But it's so hard sometimes. Uh, it's so hard to give extra Yeah, yeah, and it is. But you care for them. That's why. That's why you, you like them. Paul says, hey, ladies, I'm not saying this. I, I, I'm correcting as a spiritual father. He's saying, I really care for you. Just know that. Know that. But sometimes we go overboard and those emotions kick in. Does that work with you? I know sometimes I struggle with that. You know, no longer it's correcting, but it's cutting. No longer is it discipline, but it's destroying. No longer it's trying to build up, but it's tearing down. Does that describe you? Spiraling out of control. Sometimes I become, have we become, well, Ephesians 6, 2 says, not to be. It says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. We're not supposed to go overboard too far. One great indicator of a school teacher was not pleased with one of those students. She asked, I, she asked the boy, I don't see how one person could make so many mistakes. Well, the boy replied, said, but it wasn't just one person. My dad helped. I was thinking about that, but, you know, sometimes in our own flesh, our help is not help. It's hurting. we got to balance things. Paul's saying, look, hey, I was coming to you saying, remember, here in love, here we're balancing. Here, as my beloved children, I am like your spiritual father. I care for you. I have the Father's love. Let's go on here to number two, the Father's example. Father's example. As beloved children, we should be mindful of the Father's love. And secondly, the Father's example. The Father's example. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Paul says this, Therefore, I urge you, imitate me. Okay, Paul says, therefore. Okay, since, look, since I'm your spiritual father, and you know this, I brought you to the Lord. Since I'm your spiritual father who really loves you and care and concerns you, then you know, he says, I call on you to imitate me. The word imitate is, you know what it means in the Greek, same thing, copy, duplicate, mimic. It means to closely follow and do the same thing. Now, at first reading, you might go, wow, Colin, but he's not like me. You're talking about, hey, they went to sin in Christ, but you can imitate me. But think about this in context of what he's writing. Think about what he's saying, right? Paul's saying, as a spiritual father, Paul is saying, look, as my spiritual children, do 
Jewish children do. Just as children mimic their father, so countries are the follow bears spiritual father. That's the idea. This is what Paul is saying here. And he says, hey, imitate me. Like, like children do their father, you do to me too. As, as I'm your spiritual father and my spiritual children, follow me. Imit imitate me. I was thinking about the old saying, right, of parents, the old saying, parents used to say, do as I say, not as I do, right? Yeah. Well, Paul's not saying that. You know what Paul's saying? Do as I say, do as I do. That's what he's saying. This is the way to live the Christian life. That's what he's saying. This, I am showing you an example of what it means to follow God there. What's Paul talking about here specifically? Well, again, in context, what has he been talking about this whole book? What have you been studying here? What has Paul been saying? Paul's saying, imitate me. What he means is, hey, be regarded as a peer like me, right? It's not the wisdom of the world. It's the wisdom of God. When the world looks at the wisdom of God, it's foolish. But be like me. Be a fool. We, we read also, right, as we read in the chapter, be a servant. Be an underlord, a strategist. That's what it's about. Be a steward, a slave to God, managing good things. Right? Uh, we just saw last week, you know, Paul's saying, look, imitate me. Be weak in the world's eyes. Be dishonest in the world's way of, of position and, and success. You know, where the world is saying, oh, what? No, no, take these steps. You know, no, you got to go for things. You got to. You got to get something on. You got to get that. No, we have different values and standards. We're different. Right? Paul's saying, "Hey, imitate me." Another thing, you can stop being childish and live like I do. Imitate me like a child follows after parents. Then he goes on in verse 17. For this reason, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord who will remind you of my life in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. So he's adding to what he's saying there. He, he says, now, for this reason, in other words, in light of what I'm calling you to do, to, to follow me, to imitate me as your spiritual father, he says, in light of that, you know, I've sent Timothy to you. And Timothy to you, who, you know what, is my beloved. In other words, he's my spiritual child too. He's just like you guys. And he says, my faithful son. Remember Timothy. Timothy is his faithful assistant, right? His protege. He's been raising him up. Speaking of Timothy, Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, verse 22, he says, As you know, it's proven character that as a son with his father, he shared with me in the gospel. So Paul's like, since Timothy, you know, I discipled him. He's, he's a spiritual child of mine. So I led him to the Lord, you know. I'm sending him to you. So it's just like I'm doing it. So you can see see his example. So you, he can talk to you about what I am doing. It's like the old saying, right? The apple doesn't fall very far from the tree. Timothy's faithfulness, his call, his him as a person, his character, everything. It's like father, like like spiritual father, like spiritual son. So Paul says, look, I, I, I'm sending him, right, to remind you, to put into your mind 
says to us, my word is not
this next thing is this. Then I will come to you quickly, says the Lord God, and I will know not the word of those who are cut off, but the call of the elect. Now, Paul brings up some people because now some are cut off. Some, he talks about some of those maybe Greek leaders here. Um, perhaps maybe they may have felt Walked into the church too late. There, there were these guys, these other believers who, who, you know, they they like those who are cuffed up, you know. They like saying, you know, Paul, Paul, I don't think he's coming back. Paul, you know, he's he's probably in his field. Paul means, oh, he's he's not here. He's not here. He's not going to appear to come to come back. Paul's saying, you know, these guys, they're they're cuffed up. They're full of maybe literally cuffed up with the word of the Lord, but cuffed up full of pride. They think they know what Paul does. They think they're better than Paul. They like putting him down. They, you know, the same guys up here talking like that. But they're not coming back to Christ. They're not following him anymore because of their pride. So verse 19, Paul says, But I will come to you. I'm, I'm going to come. Of course, as the Lord wills. If the Lord wills. That's the plan of God. But if God changes, uh, that's when I might come to see you. In Acts chapter 16, Paul, you remember that, appears to go to Bithynia. And uh, it's an area known as the Hellespont, and it's a land of Turkey today. And, but we see in verse 7 of Acts chapter 16, the Holy Spirit stopped them. The Holy Spirit forbid them to go and call them to the city, the Macedonian land, and God did show them the Macedonian land. And so... God had another plan. Paul and the group, they got their mission. They had a plan, but the Holy Spirit stopped them. They wanted to go all the way there after the Lord. If the Lord wills, hey, I'll, that's the plan of God. I'm coming to you. And then he says, you know, when I do come, yeah, I will know. And he says interesting thing there at the end of verse 19. Not the word of those who are cuffed up, but the call of the elect. In, in other words, when I come, We'll see if these arrogant guys are just talk or walk. If God is really in this. If they're really living by the power of God. So that's what he says in verse 20. He, he explains that a little bit. He says, for the kingdom of God is not in words, but in power. The universal translation means it this way. For the kingdom of God is So Paul saying, but when I come, I won't be so interested in what you say, but how you live. That's what I'm interested in. One pastor said, a person's true spiritual character is not determined by the impressiveness of their words, but in the power of their life. If God really wills it, if God really means it, when they speak, when they say, if God really speaking through them, it can affect the way they live. They are following God. We're going to see. We'll see. You know, these guys puffed up, they said, oh, I'm coming. I'm coming. But God, you know, we'll see if that really happens. We'll really see if that happens. So you know, how do I do it? Do what I say or how do you do it? Remember, Jesus said in Matthew 17, you 
can know them by their word? By their what? Fruit. Yeah. What comes out of their life? Their actions, the, the results that they produce. That's why they will be rewarded. That's the fruit. That's what it means. So then, okay, we're just coming in and talking about this. So, so then, what do you want? What do you want? Shall I come to you with a rod or a love and a good of wisdom? So Paul says this. So Paul's saying, look, when, when, when I see you coming, what am I getting out of this? What will I have to do? Isn't that what Peter said to these guys? Yeah. What, what, what do you want? It shouldn't be your turn. Do you want to be tempted or not? And then that will determine if Paul comes with a rod for discipline or comes in love and wisdom. God really is putting these folks in prison right now. This is the Lord speaking through Paul. God is putting in prison one of the Christian believers that Paul wisely became a Christian. But Paul didn't just show up. He didn't go right away, but he is writing to them sent a letter ahead of time. Paul sent this letter on ahead to give the Corinthian believers the time to practice this, the time to think about it, the time to change their ways, a time to change what's going on in their spirit, even living, you know, really all this is setting us up for what's going to, what we're going to discuss in the rest of this book, because a lot of stuff is going on. There's terrible threats. People are getting these things against each other. The whole church service is all confusion, commotion, and the efforts are this and all that. There's, there's all kinds of stuff going on. So Paul can encourage them. How Paul can encourage the some of them to hear Paul say, Hey, what do you want? You're sending this letter on ahead. What do you want me to do? Get them to take it. You know, the crowd were probably looking at Paul
they're going to make sure that whoever is giving the tenth of the first of the ten of the grain, they're going to leave it in the church. It shouldn't be like they're running out of money and they're closing the church. The Holy Spirit wants to see to the blood of Jesus Christ being poured out. Instead, can we just come and just be like, oh, cool. You can have the gift of discernment and see the spirit of the Lord, but you can't like enter with a just pure spirit like, oh, yeah, don't go come and visit me. February of 2014, the year of Jesus, that is the year the year of that Christ has had his first earthly appearance to these leaders and brought the judgment to those murderers of the least seed crop that there is. Now, it's not interesting, right? Uh, it's not interesting, but that in your life has become a pattern where you tell others, slow down, or what? The case actually came up from a driver's pullover when he chased by the police officers warning people that a radar gun was up ahead. The judge who ruled on the case apparently also said in his ruling that the flashing of headlights in a church because some believe Muslims who believe in Christ in conformity to Islam. And then he went on to weather the like you know gas canines and headlights of gas canines or to speeding or cars. Now that's a it's true. Spiritual warning. Just it's okay, right? To give that warning. Paul saying the same thing, this flashing of his lights here. I'm giving you a warning. Slow down or you're gonna face the consequences. You're gonna go back to the Edenic path to pay. Yeah. <laughs> 